you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Good morning. Man, that felt like I just, something died on the inside that stopped so quickly. Let me try that one more time. Good morning. Oh, okay, we're good. We're good. Listen, we are so stoked that you're with us today for our third anniversary, but we're also kicking off a brand new series. And uh, we're excited about this. It's going to be a few weeks. We're going to unpack some really important things that I believe relate to everybody. But before I go any further, I want to read from kind of a quote from one of the great theologians of our day. You'll, you'll probably recognize this individual. So uh, definitely, if you're taking notes, you're going to want to write this down. I forgot to put it on the screens, but it's okay. So again, just one of the great theologians of our time. And, and here's how it reads. Because the players are going to play, 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 play. And the haters are going to hate, hate, hate. You've heard this before. Hate, hate. Baby, I'm just going to shake. Shake, 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 shake. Shake it off. I shake it off. Heartbreakers are going to break. Do you guys feel the power in this? Break, break. Break, break. And the fakers, they're going to fake. Fake, 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 fake. Baby, <laughs> I'm just going to shake, 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 shake. I shake it off. <laughs> I shake it off. And that concludes our sermon for today, guys. Uh, thanks for coming to our anniversary. We're in a brand new series. Uh, I have a confession to make. I am a real Taylor Swift fan. There is no shame in this game. How many Taylor Swift fans do we have in this place? Okay, good. Both the country and the pop, all of it. I, I literally have purchased every album she has ever released. Not just Spotify. I have purchased, spent money on it. But this series is not an ode to Taylor Swift. This series is all about handling the ups and downs of any relationship. And we felt Taylor Swift was an authority on the subject. No, we're going <laughs> to, uh, we're going to unpack, unpack some biblical perspectives, but this is also going to be a very practical sermon series. Like, listen, we don't want you just to come to the church and get a lot of scripture, but not actually know what to do with it. When you leave the building on a Sunday afternoon, we literally going to unpack practicals on any relationship that you are in. So whether you're married or single, you're a teenager, you're a young professional, you're divorced, you're married again, it does not matter. This is going to apply to everyone because relationships actually really matter, right? And listen, I've only been in one fight my entire life. I know it's hard to believe with as good looking as I am. Only one fight you didn't laugh because you knew it was true. Is that what that was? Okay. I've only been in one fight my entire life. And I was hanging out with a friend. His name is Christopher Upton. And he had a trampoline back in the day. Now, this is back in 1987. Okay. This is back when trampolines were actually fun. None of this net business. 
None of this. No, like you, you are risking life and limb to jump on a freaking trampoline, okay? And it wasn't round. It was rectangular. So you could get like a running start and do like a triple lutz backflip, but you're going to spring out, break an arm, and get back on the trampoline. Can I get an amen from somebody? Yes, these are the good old days. And he was jumping on this thing, and it was not too long after Karate Kid, the first one had come out. And come on. You're welcome. You just found your favorite church, didn't you? And so he's, saying, he's showing me how his cousin, just a few days prior, was doing the crane, right? I can't, these jeans are too tight on my calf muscles. I can't lift my leg up high enough. He's doing the crane motion and jumping and doing... Y'all know what that is, right? Okay, for those of you that don't know... You need to watch a movie and find Jesus. So uh, Karate Kid, he's doing the crane motion and, and he jumped up and his cousin did it and then pow, kicked him in the face. And he's like, this is what my cousin did. This is how he kicked me. He did it like once. I said, bro, you're going to kick me. Don't do that again. He thought I should show you again. He did it twice. Aunts, ties, free time, nothing. No, I'm sorry. I don't know where I'm going with this thing. Anyway, so he did this, I have ADD, get over it. So he did this crane kick once and twice. And then I said, bro, don't do that. You're going to kick me. And he thought it would be good to do it a third time. And he did, slow motion. Like the Matrix, but way before that movie came out. Leg goes up, switch in midair. Pow, right in my lip, man. Kicked me right in my lip. He landed and I went, boom. And I just hit him in his face. He ran in, told his mom. His mom came out cursing at me, drove me home. I was grounded from him for eight months. We have been best friends to this day ever since that moment. Literally, he was the best man in my wedding. I was the best man in his wedding. He lives a mile and a half from me right now. And we are the best of friends. The only fight I've ever been in. Isn't that like relationships? Whether, hopefully not in marriage, hopefully it doesn't happen often, but friendship or dating or marriage, I mean, it is chock full of conflict, chock full of issues, and most of us are just trying to survive, and we don't really know how we can thrive in our relationship. And so we're going to take a few weeks and unpack how we can actually applicably through the word of, of God and taking some other inspirational components, how to thrive and have fantastic relationships. You guys want to take that journey with us? You don't have an option. This is the way it's going to go. Let's pray. We'll dive into this and uh, just expect God to do something awesome. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, we just thank you that you're here. We thank you for uh, celebrating this big monumental day, our third anniversary, God. We thank you for the opportunity to be together. We thank you that you're going to help us understand some great relationships, how to have great relationships. And God, we thank you that the Cowboys won last week and they're playing the Eagles this week and you care about division rivalries in Jesus' name. Amen. It's for you Cowboy fans. Genesis chapter 3 verse 18. I'm going to unpack this because God really cares about the relationships that we're in. In fact, it's important. Listen to what this says. It says, then the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So God creates man. He takes the dust and he kind of forms it together and breathes life into man. And then he says, hey, I'm going to bring all the animals. You name the animals one by one. And we're going to hang out every day in the cool of the day. And we're going to talk and have a relationship. Just me and you and you and me. And, and God sat back and he looked and he's like, man, this isn't, it, man needs something else. He needs something more than just me. He needs companionship. So he creates Eve. And the forming of the first relationship happens because God recognized that we need other people. 
In fact, God says, listen, if you need grace, run to me. In John 1, 9, it says this. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you want to experience grace in your life, the scripture says to run to Jesus. But the Bible says that if we want to walk through healing in our life, listen to what the passage says in James four sixteen. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So we find grace through Jesus, but we find healing through relationships with other people. Have you ever walked through a dark season of your life and been alone? It's horrible. But when you find a good friend who can be a companion that you can share your challenges, your ups, your downs, the good and the bad, it just seems to kind of build your courage, doesn't it? To build your faith and say, wait a minute, I'm not alone in this thing. One of the things that we do at this church that we're passionate about, Megan and I specifically, are uniting other pastors who are leading churches all around the county, all around L.A. and San Diego, especially those that are starting churches. And the reason we're passionate about that is because we know what it's like to start a church challenging. And we thought, man, if we could build a community where there are other pastors, we all have friends that when we have a dark day or a rough time, we can call each other. Why? Because my courage and my faith is built when I'm building relationships with other people. This is the way that God designed us. Relationships actually matter. In fact, God named the top two commandments. Number one, love me, love God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And in John 15, 12, and 13, listen to this. He says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Listen to this, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. This is immensely important. Relationships are immensely important to God. You and I were created for relationships. But it's not only God that's speaking this stuff, right? One of the great uh, ancient Greek Playwrights and actors, Sophocles, he said this, one word frees us of all the weight and pain of life. And that word is love. Daniel Seigel, who's the professor of clinical psychiatry at the UCLA School of Medicine, said this, the brain is a social organ. And our relationship with one another are not a luxury, but they are an essential nutrient for our survival. Guys, you and I were created for relationships. We're not just marital relationships. We're created for friendships and companionships. And it's inside of us. It's inside you. Even if you are an introvert, you are still created for relationship. And even though you're an extrovert and you have 75 best friends, you actually need really good friends too. Are y'all tracking with me? We're created for, for relationships. But think about this. Where does the greatest source of pain and hurt in our life come from? People and relationships. Being stabbed in the back by a great friend. Hearing through the rumor mill that so-and-so was talking about you. Being rejected by someone that you care about. Violated or taken advantage of. There's nothing like the feeling of loss when someone close to you passes away. In fact, I, I told him I wasn't going to do this, but I'm so proud of Pastor Jeremy who got up here and led worship today. You guys may not know this, but his grandfather, who was like a father in his life, passed away on Wednesday, suddenly of a heart attack. 
That's a deep loss, but I'm so proud of the courage. Aren't you excited by the courage? Can we give him a hand clap today? He flies home tonight to the memorial service. You guys be praying for the Parham family as they walk through this time. But the great thing is that his grandfather left an amazing legacy, which you experienced today in his son. Right? What is that? That's a relationship. That is a relationship. And yet the heartache of our life, the pains of our life, the challenges of our life, the regrets of your life can probably be tied to some form of broken or discouraging or challenging relationship that you have walked through. Be it marriage or a friend, a girlfriend, a parent, an aunt or an uncle, a brother or a sister. For some of you in this room, as we approach the holiday season, instead of excitement, it creates discouragement because you think of an estranged relationship that you have with a son or a daughter, a mother or a father. And so I believe that we need to cruise through the scripture to find out God's principles for you and for me to understand how we can have great relationships. And I believe that we can take some practical illustrations and understanding to actually cruise through this because, listen, it really does matter. That heartbreak really does tend to hurt. In fact, like Clay said on that video, that's the reason why one of the four things we do at the movement church is have connect groups. We worship, grow, connect, and go. And we're actually handing out a menu today that's going to unpack the connect groups that we have. They're strategic and intentional. Why? Because we want to create an atmosphere where you can build relationships and friendships with people that can help you make it through the great seasons and the challenging seasons. That's why we do that, because it matters to you. God created you for relationships. So in this series, we're going to unpack some practicals like how do we actually have healthy communication? We're going to unpack some principles like how do I deal with unforgiveness and bitterness and offense? How do I deal with a jacked up me? How do I work through my own issues so that I can be better in the relationships that God has placed me in? We're going to unpack how to have difficult conversations. And we're going to take all of those things and bring practical answers based upon the truth of God's word. And I want to challenge you, do not miss a week. Do not miss a week. Because I believe, I believe this strongly, that the greatest season of your life is tied and attached to who you're doing life with. I'm telling you right now, listen, an old adage you probably heard at an anti-drug rally in high school, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Guys, I've been in ministry now for 15 years. I know that's not forever, but one of the things that we do in ministry is we help put the pieces back together. We get the phone calls when things fall apart. We get the phone calls when people are dealing with hurt and rejection and abandonment And just disappointment. And so much of what we go through in life is tied to either poor relationships or building relationships with people that aren't healthy. So let's talk about how God has created us and wired us. And this title of this sermon is called Shake Off Bad Communication. We're literally going to unpack some practicals. I hope you're ready for it. I hope you brought something to take notes with. We're going to do some practicals. In fact, this is some things that I use when I'm walking a couple through premarital counseling. It's one of my favorite things that we do because for the course of five weeks leading up to their marriage, we sit down one-on-one and just talk through what is God's design for marriage and how can you have a healthy relationship. And after doing six weddings this year alone and talking with these couples, yeah, come on, that's awesome, right? Talking with these couples, we thought, you know what, we've got to bring some of this stuff 
so that everybody can see it and understand what God's plan is. Shake off bad communication. Somebody say, shake it off. Y'all are going to listen to Taylor Swift on your way home today, aren't you? Yeah, you are. Listen to this. This is one of the things that God God actually kind of outlines this healthy communication uh, relationship in Psalm chapter 1. Listen to what this says. I'm going to kind of read through it and break it up. And Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Listen, it's one of my favorite passages. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of of scoffers. He's saying, man, the guy who avoids unhealthy and wicked and un- inappropriate communication with other people, that guy is blessed. But when I'm in an environment that's chock full of cynicism and scoffing, which just means mockery and wickedness, which just means anything anti what the word of God says for me, then my life is actually going to run into some problems. He says, blessed is the man who avoids those things. In verse 2, he comes back and he says this. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Do you know what the law of the Lord is? That's the word of God. Do you know what the word of God is? That's his way of communicating to you and to me. It's his way of saying, hey, this is for you. We talk about this all the time at the Movement Church. Whenever you read the scripture, it's the only book throughout history where when you're reading it, the author sits down and leans in and says, hey, I wrote that for you. Even though it was written thousands of years ago, it still stands the test of time and it's specifically just for you. This scripture that we just read, verse 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. On his law, he meditates day and night. What's that mean? That communication with the giver of life is communication with truth and with freedom. Listen to what the next passage of scripture says. Verse 3. He is like a tree planted by streams of waters. What does that mean? That there's strength in his life. That when we have healthy Christ-centered communication in our life, there's strength there. We're planted like a tree by streams of still waters. What is that? That's the imagery of a tree whose roots are going down deep into the soil. That it can't be rocked by the winds of time. But no matter what comes its way, it's going to be strong. Listen to this. The next passage says, that yields its fruit in its season. That means that this person is accomplishing his purpose. And look at me for a moment, guys. That's what everybody longs for in life. To be able to accomplish the purpose that I'm here on this earth for. In fact, some of the greatest sources of discouragement come when people feel like they're wandering aimlessly through life. But someone who's connected to healthy communication is going to find strength. They're going to discover purpose. The next passage says, and its leaf does not wither. Now notice it doesn't say it doesn't experience storms, but it's saying no matter what comes, no matter how much heat or drought, or problems, the leaf still does not wither. What does that mean? That when we have the healthy Christ-centered communication in our life, we can't be stopped. We can't be stopped. Listen, I'm telling you right now, you can walk through the hardest season of your life alone and you may not make it through. But if you have a Christ-centered friend around you, no matter what comes your way, you're going to make it through that thing. I'm just telling you right now, I love this next passage. The very last sentence of this says, in all he does, he prospers. And that word, we don't need to pull out the original Hebrew meaning for the word prospers. You get it. That means in everything I do, I'm successful. Does that mean that the scripture is saying that if I have great friends, I'll be rich? 
not necessarily monetarily, but when it comes to the fullness of life. To walk through life with somebody in my, You know what makes me a wealthy individual is that I've got not just one or two, but I've got a plethora of friends who actually care about me and I care about them. Today I got 15 texts from some of my closest friends. I'm not even kidding. Hey man, praying for you today. Hoping today is awesome. I'm sending it back to you. Man, I'm praying for you too. He's pastoring a church in Canvas Church in San Diego, the Station Church down in Carlsbad, the Cause Church in Kansas City. And we're texting back and forth. So guess what? I, I wake up and I'm like, man, Man, I feel like I've got a wealthy life. Why? Because I've got riches. No, I drive a 2009 Toyota Yaris with manual windows. This right here. We do carpool and a kid gets in, tries to roll the window down. He's like, what is this? How do you even roll the window? I just hit him in the face and shut your mouth. He's like, oh my gosh, is your right arm stronger than your left arm? Like, why are you talking like Mickey Mouse? Shut your mouth. Man, I feel wealthy because of the people in my life. Because I have a wife who's driven by the vision of God in her life. Who we're in this thing together. And we made a decision. We won't even say the D word, divorce. And no matter what comes, we're going to make it through. You may want to slap me, Megan. And she probably has before. I probably deserved it. That's a joke too. We're going to make it through this thing. Are you feeling what I'm saying? Are you smelling what I'm cooking? Nope. So let's unpack this. I've got 17 minutes and I'm literally going to go real practical. Real practical on you. Let's unpack this thing. Do you realize that each of us were designed uniquely, right? Each of us have our own hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Each of us have our own personality dynamics and you have a heritage and things that you've walked through, both good and bad, that create filters for how you see things and more importantly, how you respond to things. And it affects your communication with the people that you're in relationship with. And so what I want to unpack for you over the next 16 minutes and 31 seconds is just a very practical way to look at the relationships that we're in and a better idea of how to understand how God has created us. And we're going to do this through what is called the Johari window. The Johari window. It's called the Johari window because it's created by Joseph Luft and Harrington Ingram, not Instagram Ingram. These guys are actually American scientists and they tried to discover a way to communicate how you and I react and interact with each other. And they created this thing called the Johari window. We're going to unpack this, what it looks like for you and for me. And then here's the thing. We're going to unpack how we can get better in our communication. Are you guys ready for this? The first thing is this. It it, it looks kind of like this. It's a window pane. Can you put that up? So each one of these squares represents a way that you and I interact with everyone in our world and how we process information. And the first square I want to talk about is in the top left corner. It's called the arena. These are things that you know and I know. These are the ways that you you and I both know how... I might respond to or react to a stressful situation because we've been around each other long enough to know that I'm going to do this or say that. And, and it's not hidden. It's not a, a distraction. We just all know this is how I do things. This is how, uh, I, how he might have a difficult time expressing his thoughts. And, and, and you know that and he knows that. Maybe he has a hard time sharing exactly how he's feeling. Or maybe she has no issue talking. And you know that and she knows that. This is called... The arena. These are things that you know and I know. This next box on your right side is called the blind spot. And these are things that you know and I don't know. 
These are things that you know about me and how I respond or react to things, but I don't realize it. When I first got married, I was in a deep conversation. We were very fierce with me and my wife. I'm all nervous to talk about this. I'm kidding. Uh, A very, very fierce conversation with my wife. And I said something that was just deeply rooted in my heart about how I felt about something. And she did this. Oh. I go, why'd you just say that? She said, say what? That you don't care about me. She goes, I didn't say that. I go, yes, you did when you rolled your eyes. She goes, oh, I didn't roll my eyes. I said, you just did it again. (laughs) She didn't even realize. She was going, oh, like this. And I mean, it's a little dramatic, but it's probably real. What's she communicating by rolling her eyes? That she, she didn't care. I'm an idiot or whatever. It doesn't even mean if that's, it doesn't matter how she feels. That's what she's communicating. And it might be the way you, Uh, could be a facial cue, could be body language. Oh gosh, again. Uh, I don't know why I'm doing that. I'm sorry. And you, uh, listen, all of us have blind spots and the, per- the people in your life that are closest to you, even friends, they know what your blind spot is. You may not know it. It could be inaction on your part or the way that you run from trouble or the way that you overly aggressively pursue trouble. These are things that I don't know and you know about me. The third window pane is called the facade. And these are things that I know and you don't know. These are the things that I feel about the way that you respond, but I haven't shared them with you yet. These are areas or the the way that I feel about our communication and our relationship or our sex life. These are things that are deep-rooted about when you said this two weeks ago. It didn't just sting, it cut like a knife. These are things that I know and you don't know. These are things that this is exactly how my dad used to speak to me. And when you talk like that, it makes me want to leave. It makes me want to crawl up into a ball and say nothing or do nothing. The facade of the things that I think about your leadership, your loyalty, or your character. And I know, but you don't know yet. And the fourth window pane is called the unknown. And these are things that I don't know and you don't know. This is the unrealized potential. This is the skill set the personality gifting or the gift mix on the inside or an ability to problem solve that you and I haven't even discovered in this relationship because it is unknown. And all of us in this room operate and have these window panes at work in the way that we communicate with each other. All of us do. None of you are exempt. None of us are exempt. And the key to having a successful communication is mastering the art of giving and receiving feedback. In fact, what's great about feedback is this. When we master the art of feedback, the level of trust in our relationship will actually grow to an unrecognizable level. When you and I know how to give feedback and receive feedback. And listen, this counts in any relationship, not just a marriage. I'm talking about in the relationship between you and an employee or an employer. With your best friend, with your daughter or your son, with your brother, your sister. Listen, with your mom or your dad. 
The challenge is that all of us in this room have or probably do operate from one of three unhealthy communication styles. And we're going to unpack those right now. And let me just tell you what your tendency is going to be. To elbow your spouse and be like, he's talking to you right now. Don't do that. I want to challenge you over the next 10 minutes and 36 seconds to do some introspective investigation and figure out which one of these three is more like you. And we're going to unpack how we can work through some of these things. So here are some unhealthy relationship dynamics. The first one is called the interviewer. The interviewer. Now this is a person who loves to get feedback, but struggles to actually give it. I love to ask questions and find out how you feel, and I want to know what you're thinking. In fact, I want to know how you feel about something before I actually give you my feedback. And so, literally, you see that the facade is massive. Now, the blind spot is shrinking. Why? Because I'm getting feedback, and you're telling me what I'm walking through, and you're telling me what you're challenged by or what you're frustrated with, but I'm not giving the feedback. I'm just taking it all in, and I'm just processing it because... Because really, I'm more concerned about what you'll think about my responses or my feelings if I actually share them. I'm concerned what you might say. Will you still trust me? And a lot of times, the interviewer is going to be maybe a little bit more passive aggressive. And so they'll interview, interview, interview. And then all of a sudden, the crap hits the fan. And then, boom, it's like Mount Vesuvius erupting. And you're like, what is happening? <laughs> we, nuclear holocaust right now. What is going on? You haven't talked to me in three months and now you're burning my face. <laughs> right? It's a little bit extreme, but you get the point. I'm worried about how you feel or resp- how you will re- feel or respond to my opinions, my thoughts and my feelings. The challenge with this is if you're an interviewer in the relationship, the people that are in relationship with you don't actually know where you stand. And this kind of dynamic actually evokes reactions of irritation and distrust. And guys, we move at the speed of trust in any relationship, be it marriage or friendship. And if you're an interviewer, you might actually be evoking a lack of trust in anybody in a friendship with you. You ever been in a friendship with someone or a relationship with someone and you just never know where they stand? They'll ask you questions, but you don't really know. You know that they're thinking things about you or feeling things about, but they've never told you, so you just don't really know. If I can trust, that's what the interviewer is. Let's talk about the next one. The next one is called the bull in the china shop. The, uh, the, the people who are laughing are probably the bull in the china shop. You knew immediately. You were like, dang it, I was thinking I was getting away from this one. The imagery here is a bull going crazy, just blowing things up in a china shop. With a bull in a china shop, you always know what they're thinking immediately. You don't have to ask them. They are telling. How many of you in here, this is me, raise your hand if you feel like this is you, the bull in the china shop. Man, I'm just going to tell you what I'm thinking. I'm just spitting the truth, yo. I'm just spitting the truth. You're going to know their opinion. And here's the thing about a, a bull in a china shop. You think your opinion is right. Is it right? Raise your hand if it's right. Oh, look at that. This is so good. It's always right. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had it. It's my opinion. But... <laughs> You're like, this makes so much sense, preacher. Thank you. Been trying to tell my wife this for years. They're known to lash out and be overly critical. They appear not to care about what you think or how you feel. 
And if you look, you can see the facade is tiny because you know how they think and how they feel. But what is growing to enormity? The blind spot. So here I am thinking that I'm moving ahead at the speed of brilliance. Blessing everyone with my information and my knowledge. I bless you. I bless you. But I'm actually getting weaker because I'm not learning about the weaknesses that I have. Because the moment you try to share with me what a blind spot is, I'm going to convince you why you're wrong in 18 different ways. And louder than you will. And you probably will just stop talking because you're, frankly, I'm just taking you off. I'm like talking, it's my life right now. Megan's like, "Mm mm-hmm. So what does that do in the lives of the people you're in relationship with? Oh my, I don't know where to stand. I'm freaked out. I don't know if this is going to be erupt. It always erupts into something. It's so tiny, but I just, it doesn't need to be this big of a deal. So the people around you just get quiet. In fact, usually if you're in a marriage relationship, you've got a bull in a china shop and an interviewer together. Because I'm giving you all my information. And I'm like... Well, no, I don't want to share my opinion. I don't want to get blown up again. Are you tracking? The third one is called the turtle. When my kids were growing up, my wife taught them that the sound, you know, when your kids are growing up, what does a dog say? Ruff, ruff. What's a donkey say? Hee-haw. That's horrible. But what's a turtle say? She taught them doodle-oo, That's not what a turtle says. The turtle. This is don't ask, don't tell. I don't give feedback. I don't ask for feedback. The challenge is I don't really even know much about myself. I just kind of stay quiet. I don't know if I trust my own opinion. I don't know if I want to hear your opinion. A lot of times I'll create a false persona. I can, I can kind of, in any environment, just kind of disappear. No one in and no one out. Like a turtle pulled into a shell. And what's the challenge here? What has grown to hugeness? The unknown. So not only I can't even discover who I am or who I've been called to be. Now each of us fit into one of these three dynamics. But here's the hope. Check this out. The hope is that we're mastering the art of sharing what's going on on the inside, how I feel and what I'm walking through and how this hurt me and how I'm, I'm dealing with insecurities. Because it's not always about what you've done to me. It could be about what I'm processing through. And man, I'm really struggling at work. I feel like I'm failing. And so I'm trying to process through this. And I feel like I, I don't feel like a man. I just feel like I'm just, I'm not successful like I should be. Or this shouldn't have happened. Or man, I just feel discouraged. I'm frustrated about my appearance. And, I, da, 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 and I'm working on giving and mastering the art of feedback. Letting you in to what's going on on the inside. So things are jumping out of the facade into the arena. And now, not only do I know, but you know the inner workings that are happening on the inside. And, and at that same time, I'm also working on letting you give me feedback. So I'm actually adjusting. I didn't realize I was rolling my eyes. I didn't realize that I was cutting you off in the middle of conversation. I didn't know that you didn't want to share your opinion with me because I'm so brash and opinionated. I'm going to work on that because this relationship, it it matters. As a friend, as a daughter to a mother, a husband to a wife, a brother 
to a brother. So I'm going to give feedback and I'm going to receive feedback. And then what happens? The arena gets huge and what begins to shrink? The unknown. And this is what is amazing about great and healthy relationships is I give feedback and I'm receiving feedback and things are jumping into the arena and the unknown is shrinking, which means you're discovering potential and purpose and skill sets and giftings that you didn't even know were there. You could have never seen it. Why? Because it was locked up on the inside or because nobody ever told you or you never listened. And man, if we just work on this whole idea of giving and receiving feedback, man, we can grow to unlimited potential. Can you imagine a relationship where we trust each other enough to share the inner workings Husband and wife, or she feels comfortable sharing the depths of what's going on in her soul, and he's willing to hear when I need to make adjustments. So, what are some practicals here? Well, if you're an interviewer, it's time to work on giving your feedback. Maybe one simple step is to work on writing it down. You can type it up. When we first got married, we got in a massive fight. One of those, like, I don't know if we're going to make it. We went to bed and kind of rolled over and went to sleep. The next day I got to work and I got an email in my inbox. And it was a book. It was actually a saga. Volume one, volume two, volume... <laughs> I can't read too good. I'm kidding. So I'm like reading this thing and it hit me. Oh, she's actually... I've created an environment where she doesn't feel safe to share. Ding, ding, ding. So I read through this and I normally would have wanted to fire off an email of why she should be more mature and better in a relationship. And I said, thanks for sharing. Let's talk when we get home. And it was the beginning of understanding each other, but she had to first write it down. So if you're an interviewer, start there. And then you can read back over it. Maybe take a couple hours to process. Maybe a day. <laughs> Exclamation point. Demon face emoji. Yeah. Don't do it in a text. Put on your notes on your phone as long as your iCloud accounts aren't synced. Practicalities here. Read back over. Edit it. Shoot an email off. Well, that sounds super passive, Pastor Kay. Well, hey, it's the start of good communication. If you're a bull in a china shop, your opinion isn't always right. <laughs> no, really, it's not. And just because you have an opinion doesn't mean you need to share it. So work on listening. And when you thought you've listened enough, add 20 minutes to that. Because <laughs> your mind process is so fast that you thought you've been listening for seven hours, but it's been seven seconds. Here's what I think. Well, what I think is, right? So just listen. Just listen. And if you're a turtle, <laughs> doodaloo. If you're a turtle, you've got to pick one, either giving or receiving feedback. So work towards becoming an interviewer. You don't even have to give the feedback yet. Just work on asking. And if you're not sure you can handle that, then start by saying, hey, I just need to share a couple of thoughts with you. That's the best step. Now, over the next week, we're going to do shake it off, shaking off bad communication part two. And I'm actually going to bring some real practicals on how to have difficult conversations. And what does healthy feedback look like? 
But let's just start here. Which one of these are you? Are you the interviewer? The bull in the china shop? The turtle? Let's work towards the hope. Mastering the art of giving and receiving feedback. So the unknown shrinks and our potential grows. You know what's so crazy is this is exactly what God's looking for in a relationship with you and me. The arena are the things that we're open about with God that we talk about, the prayers that we chalk up to him in the midst of a stressful situation. The moments where we come into a church like this and we just say, okay, God, I'm kind of here for you. The facade of the things that I try to keep hidden from God. The sin that we, I don't want him to know about. Spoiler alert, he already does. Maybe it's the areas that you're just not yet ready to surrender to him. You know, God, I'll give you every aspect of my life, but not the business. I really need to be in charge of it. Let me worry and fret over the business. Let me run the business. I can rock an Excel spreadsheet better than you ever can, God. So let me just kind of handle this. I'll give you everything else but my kids. I know how to parent them. They're mine after all. Right? We'll just kind of keep that thing from God. And he's like, man, just let me be in control. Watch. The blind spot represents the areas in our life that God's trying to change. Hey, man, let's start working on your anger. Let's start working on that area of sin with lust. You've got an addiction. Let's, let's get through this thing. Come on, we can do this together. Hey, hey, listen, we, we got to work on this area of fear. It is crippling your life. And you are allowing fear to really stop or, or, or prohibit you or paralyze you from accomplishing or becoming who I've called you to be. Let me just kind of take the reins on this thing. And, and when we kind of surrender things to God and let him work on things in us, then things jump out of the unknown into the arena. And God is like, this is exactly what I created you for. This is what you were born to do. Now let's have some fun together and change the world and you get to experience fulfillment. It's funny how the way that God created us to have great relationships with people on this earth mirror the way that he longs for a relationship with you and me. And you know what? It starts by saying yes to Jesus. And there may be some of you in this room who you like what, what's happening and you hear what we're talking about, but man, you may not have actually made the first step. Maybe you say, man, I just feel so separated from God. I feel so far removed and I, I try to pray or I, I try this church thing. And the truth is, Pastor Kerry, I didn't even want to come to church because I feel like I'm not worthy to be here. And I feel like there's this massive gap or chasm between me and God. And I can understand that gap. In fact, the Bible talks about that gap. It's called a sin gap. And everyone in this room has sin in our life. You do, I do, we all do. And there's a grave and sobering consequence for sin. It's called death and an eternity in hell. But Jesus paid the ultimate price. In fact, the Bible calls it a free gift, a radical solution. Jesus came to this earth, lived a sinless life, and he paid the ransom for your sin and mine. By dying on the cross, he closed the gap, making a way for us to have a relationship with God, to experience fulfillment and an eternity with him. And you don't have to get perfect. 
You don't have to get right. Perfect church attendance won't make that happen for you. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus. If you're here and you've never made that decision, in just a few moments, I'm gonna pray a prayer. I wanna challenge you right where you're seated, in your heart, to just repeat that prayer after me and start this journey with God. And if you're here today and you've been running from God, today's the day to come back. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I'm gonna ask everybody to pray it out loud so no one feels uncomfortable. And if you're here and you've never prayed that prayer, And you want to say yes and let God do something brand new in your life. As we pray it, just mean it from the depths of your heart. Everybody in this room, just say, dear God, I know that you're real. And I know that you love me. God, I want to make some changes in my life. I've got sin. And I feel the gap between you and me. Would you forgive me? thank you for sending Jesus to pay the ransom for my sin. Everybody in this room just make this statement out loud and if you're here and you need to make this declaration in your heart then just mean it from the depths of who you are. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com, and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.